Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy at my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Happy Monday, Beth. Happy Monday, Christy. How's it going? It's going great. Yeah? I had some coffee this morning with a friend. Oh, how nice. In my Crimes and Closets hat, by the way. Yes, guys. Just ordered. I just ordered one of the baseball hats and one of the beanies because I wear beanies in the winter when it's cold. So I'm like, I'll I'll use it eventually. Um, Too cute. I'm excited about them because they do look cool. Yeah. And the barista was like, oh, I love your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) True story. (laughs) She knows me. (laughs) That's fun. But yeah, it was funny. The person that I was with was like, you have a podcast? I was like, yeah, oh. it's right here. Right here on my hat. I wonder, you know what I'm wondering? Can you put anything yeah. on the back of it? You know how sometimes they have something I think like- you can actually, which I thought of. Yeah. I thought of doing that, but yeah. the whole tagline did not fit well. Right. We could I was going to say, it would have to be put closet. in like, oh, maybe. I don't know. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought about like how like it is kind of long. Like if I don't know, like I didn't even try and mess with it yesterday when I was looking at it. So anyways, but cool. Well, fun. I think it looks very cute on you. Thanks. <laughs> I'll, maybe I'll post a picture of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I do have a an update. Um, and so do you. So. Okay. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, um, what's your update? Mine is Natalie Cochran. Um, the woman who was a pharmacist who actually went to jail for like embezzling money or something like that. She's actually in jail now. Um, but then, um, was accused of killing her husband with insulin, but then they dropped the charges and like exhumed his body several times. Anyways, she has now been brought back. So we covered this case in August of last year. For yes. those of you who want to know, it's Michael okay. Cochran is the victim. Yep. Okay. Um, and anyway, so they, they um, brought her – they indicted her again, and now her trial is set for August 12th of this year. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Heck, yeah. Okay. So my update is on the Sarah Lynn Colucci case, which was – it's actually kind of old. It's from October of 2021 is when we covered it. Oh. And – Sarah Lynn, she was found hanging behind their business in Charleston, South Carolina, and there was like some very weird circumstances, but nobody was ever charged, although everyone like were pointing fingers to her husband. Mm. And her daughter actually is a listener of ours, and we are connected on social media, and so she kind of updates us, and he is now being was also indicted and the trial starts on May 13th of this wow. year. Wow. Well, that's mm-hmm. interesting. We've got two trials that are going to So these happen. will be interesting. There's oh. Yeah, and hopefully people getting justice, families getting justice for their loved ones, which we're real here for that. So if you want to go back and listen to those episodes, if you haven't, you should. They're great. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to talk about besides that? I do. We have a Patreon that we want to thank. Oh, Tristan M joined us over there on 
in our closet. So thank you very much. Welcome in. Love the name Tristan. It reminds me of Brad Pitt from Legends of the Fall. <laughs> Just going to say that. <laughs> Welcome in, Tristan. Welcome in. <laughs> Welcome so. in. That's it for me, though. That's all my business. All right. Yeah. Same with me. I got a quick one this day. This, this day. Today. <laughs> all right. So I guess Go get a hat. Uh, yep. Go get a hat. Uh, or multiple. More than one. Um. So I guess that's it. So we're we're off and running on the case. I got one for you. Cool. Today, we are traveling to Orange County, California. The OC, baby. The OC, which I've never we're going watched. going to but... Laguna Beach? Um, no. I mean, I think it's not far, <laughs> but it's not specifically that. Okay. And thanks to our friend Destiny, again, who suggested this week's case that suggested last week for mm-hmm. you, I believe. Okay. So, um, okay. And I think I've already told this to you, but we're diving into a bigger case, not necessarily like longer or long case, but just one that I feel like is pretty well known, but I don't know. We'll, we'll find out if you know it when we do okay. it. But it is a doozy. And it's kind of like weird and crazy to me but mm-hmm. and also senseless very senseless mm, they all yeah, are they all are so <laughs> there is a whole podcast series which i told you i listened to but i lied to you because when i went and looked it up i was like oh wait no that's not the one i listened to but i definitely oh. listened to stuff on this one in the past okay so i may go back and listen to this one but i don't know i i don't know we'll see Well, you really should because you shouldn't be such a liar. I know. (laughs) I did feel bad about lying to you, but I didn't do it intentionally. It wasn't until I looked it up that I was like, oh, wait, no, this is it. I've never seen this one. (laughs) So anyways, okay, we're going to get into it. We are going to talk about Yuri, a.k.a. Julie. People called her Julie instead of Yuri. Kib... This is where I have my, my problems with my name. Kib Kib Yuishi. Yuishi. Okay. Wow, good job. Thank you. Julie was born on February 14th, 1987 to June and Masa Kib That's in two days. Oh, when from when this drops. drops? Yes, ma'am. You're so good at knowing when things are going to drop as we're recording it. I know. You're welcome. (laughs) And how often has this happened? I mean, this is like at least the third time, I think, where we unintentionally did a case either on the day of Mm -hmm. something related to the case or right close to it like this or... Yeah. Anyways, it's really weird. Yep. She's a Valentine's baby. Yeah. She was the third child of four to June and Masa, and they had, or she had two older brothers, and then she was the first daughter, and then she had a sister after mm-hmm. that. She was a good kid. She played softball and was actually named an all-star at one point. Neat. Yes. She had a love of dancing. She danced for years, and some thought that she might try to do that for a living, but she also had a love for fashion, so... That was something more that she was leaning towards. She was attending Orange Coast College and studying fashion there. Okay. She was still living at home with her parents because, well, at the time that this is, she's like 23. Yeah, 20. and it's the OC. Right. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, yeah, there's definitely more expensive places to like certain places are so expensive that you're like, you cannot move out <laughs> you're mm-hmm. in school. Like that was me. I left school, left for school, then came back and lived at home because I was like, ain't no way I can afford a place. Right. <laughs> this place. So anyway, so she's still at home with her parents and she was also a tutor, which is how she met Sam Hare. Sam is the only son for Steve and Raquel Hare, and he was born on May 29th, 1983. So he's a few years older than her, but not much. Mm-hmm. He was a typical kid. He had some rebellious times throughout his childhood, and they would eventually join the army and served in Afghanistan. His father said that when he joined the army, it seemed to give him a purpose and kind of changed his life. So he had a little bit of a rough start, but then mm-hmm. once that happened, he seemed to turn it around. Julie and Sam spent lots of time together with the tutoring, and then they also had become friends. So she spent a lot of time over at his apartment complex with him and this, like, group of friends that they had there. hmm On May 22nd, 2010, Steve and Raquel had not heard from their son for a little bit. And I don't know what that means, but, like, could be like, oh, he calls every day and hadn't called. Okay. Kind of thing. I don't know how long they hadn't heard from him, but they were like, well, I wonder what's going on. So his dad's like, "Uh, I'll just take a ride over to his apartment and see what's up. Goes over to his apartment, doesn't answer, has a key, so decides to go in. But to me, I I was like a little weirded out by that. I was like, I don't know if my parents would like after, I don't know how long it had been. I don't think it had been that long that they hadn't heard from him, but it was a little bit strange that like dad would just be like, I'm just going to go in. But my parents would have done that, though. If I if I, I was a young kid, I think they would have. Well, I mean, he's 26 years old. Yeah, that's not that young. You know? Yeah. I don't know. But if it had been like a significant amount of time, like, gosh, we've been calling him for three days. He's not answering, which I don't know that that was the case, but I'm not 100% sure. Anyways, regardless, it's a good thing he did. He went in. Okay. Let me tell okay. you. Okay. Okay. So he enters the apartment and he, he Definitely found something he was not expecting. On his son's bed, he saw a girl, unresponsive, partially nude, and she looked deceased. He called 911, told him he had what he had found, and also said, and my son, who lives here, is nowhere to be found. I don't know where he is. Haven't heard from him. He's not here. Okay. So the police arrive and determine that she, this woman, had been shot, had a gunshot wound to the head, so she'd been killed, but that was her cause of death. The scene looked as if she was sexually assaulted and then Mm. shot, and whoever did it just fled. All right. Since Sam had been missing, he immediately became the prime suspect. It just seemed like he had snapped and then fled. And no one heard a gunshot, huh? Nope. Interesting. Okay. Um, She would be identified as Julie. Okay. Kim Buishi. Um, Okay. So they started searching for Sam. Julie's mother had said that the night before, Julie had been hanging out with with her, like she was cooking dinner or whatever, and they were hanging out, and she had gotten some texts from her friend Sam, and she was like, I'm just going to go over, he needs me, something's going on, I'm going to go over to his place and check on him. So the next morning, she realized that she had not come home, which was really strange for Julie to not come home. She's 23, so she's an adult, but she's like, still strange for her not to come home, not to call me, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not really sure how it happened, but she finds out that her daughter has been found in Mm. Sam's apartment. Okay. So like I said, I don't know if she reported her missing, if she'd even gotten a chance to, I don't know how it all went down. But anyways, this ends up being Julie. 
So when they go through Julie's texts, they see that Sam had texted her earlier in that day, the day before, like around 2.30 or 2.45, saying that he was going to help a friend out with something, and then he was going to head to his parents' house to visit with them. Mm -hmm. So my guess is he had talked to his parents that day if he was going over there, had plans Mm -hmm. to go over there. Right. Later that evening, texts came through that from Sam that were asking Julie to come over that night because he was having some family issues and it was in a bad state and needed someone to talk to and a shoulder to cry on. The texts were kind of strange and they mentioned like, please, can you please come over tonight? No sex, just talking. Like that's how it would be written. Okay. And Julie's response to that was like, ew, we're like brother and sister. Definitely no sex. Right. So it was almost like it was like strange for him to even say that because like the two of them knew that was not something that would ever happen. Right. So anyway. Sam was now definitely the man that they were looking for, but knew no one knew where they where he was, and police could not find him because they're like, "Well, he definitely he brought lured her over there, like he mm-hmm. told her to come over." So this is definitely who we're supposed to be looking for. Police did uncover that at some point in 2002, when Sam was only 18, he was accused and charged and acquitted of murder. Oh, I looked into it briefly. Um. Just because it was like not really, I mean, it is relevant, but he was acquitted. So to me, like clearly something showed that he didn't do it, but I don't know. Anyways, apparently he and 17 other people were a part of killing a childhood friend and it was somewhat gang related. Like he wasn't officially in this gang, but he was associated with them. And it was stated that he lured this person to the place where he was attacked by these other people that Sam didn't have like a like active role in attacking, but he uh-huh. was the person that brought him. He facilitated to, it. Got it. Yeah. But he was but, acquitted of it. But he was acquitted. Okay. I, don't, I did not go further than that. So I didn't try and get like court records. I was just kind of like, okay, I'm just, I'm leaving this where it is. Okay. So, but this does cause him to think, well, he was accused and charged one time. Maybe mm-hmm. he is capable of killing Julie. Plus, I'm sure what was going through their heads too is he's an army vet. Like he went to Afghanistan and he saw things. A lot of times there's PTSD involved and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and can cause issues, but it wasn't mentioned anywhere, but I'm sure that was somewhat going through people's heads. Mm -hmm. Police were keeping track of Sam's debit card activity and they noticed that he was making withdrawals from his account and at one point, point ordered a pizza. And so then they looked into that and figured out where the pizza was delivered And so they're like, okay, well, I think now we know where he's hiding out. Yeah, boom. So they go to the address that the pizza was delivered to, and they find a 17-year-old kid who who informed the police that he had been given the card by another man, and that man asked him to make withdrawals and then give him the money. Oh. And I think it was around $1,400 that had been, like, taken out, but I'm not entirely sure. But the person who gave him this card was Dan... Wozniak. Oh, it wasn't Sam. No. Okay. Hmm. And I want to say that maybe this kid lived in the same apartment complex, but I'm not sure on that either. Because I'm just okay. not sure how they would know, like this Dan guy would know this kid unless, you know, because he's like a 20 something year old kid too, or guy. Okay. So anyway, Dan was a neighbor and friend of Sam's from the apartment complex. 
Okay. He and his fiance Rachel had been living there for about four months, and they had befriended Sam and Julie as well. Actually, Julie and Rachel got along really well because they both enjoyed dancing and just got along. They had a lot in common. Police contacted Dan and asked him to come down to the station for questioning since this kid pointed the finger at, like, he gave me the debit card. And told Why me to take do you out have money. Sam's debit card, Sam, Danny? Yeah. So Dan declines because he's like, it's my bachelor party tonight. I can't come down. Like, he was getting married. Him and Rachel were getting married within days. Oh. It's like, my bachelor party's tonight. I can't come down to the station. Sorry. So police decide to show up at the bachelor party and crash it. Oh, and- that sucks. Yeah, no kidding. Get him to come down to the station. So he admits to police that he conned the kid into making those withdrawals and had told the kid, you're a minor, you won't get in trouble for any of this, just take the money out for me and give it to me. Hmm. He stated that Sam had come to him and told him he did something bad the night before and needed help. He told him he had shot someone and he needed help hiding and getting away. So basically the story is like, gave him his debit card, was like, hey, take the money out. But maybe even Dan was like, well, I shouldn't be the one to take the money out because I'll be on camera. Then they'll find me. You know, like if I ask this random kid, I don't think it was a random kid. I think it was somebody he knew. But I was going to say he's not that random. He's your neighbor and knows your name. Right. Exactly. So anyway. I but don't think people, I believe Dan. People aren't too smart most of the time. Yeah, people so. suck. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So... Dan says Sam threatened him and Rachel so that he would agree to do this for him. So he said, I was just trying to help him out. I just wanted to get him out of my life, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I had nothing to do with the murder. I was just trying to help Sam so he would leave me and Rachel alone. They asked Dan for a saliva sample at that point for DNA purposes. And I'm not entirely sure why they asked him, except to like rule him out at the scene, I guess. Like, yeah, if there was like well, DNA found on her body or something. Right. Like, you're giving us the story, fine. You're like involved, but let's rule you out at the scene. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess he gets kind of nervous about that at this point. And he then mentions, okay, I went to Sam's apartment. I did see the body. Like, I oh. saw, I saw it. He's like, I didn't touch the body, but I was there. I saw the body and I saw the two gunshot wounds. Oh. And po- police perk up at that point. They're like, what do you, okay. They only saw one gunshot wound. Right. So now they're like, well, you must have been there when the murder occurred if you know like two shots were taken and you're assuming that there's two gunshot wounds or whatever. Even like, they didn't know about that at that point. So, right. So that it wasn't even like something they were holding. They're like, we only saw one. So whatever. He really is not. No. The brightest crayon in any box. Exactly. And then, I mean, they don't find this out until a little bit later, but an autopsy would later reveal that there were two gunshot Mm. wounds. They just didn't see it. They saw one. Okay. So basically now, like, how could he have known that unless he was there when she was murdered? Mm Mm-hmm. So Dan is officially arrested on the day that he's supposed to get married to his girlfriend, oh, wow. Rachel. He calls Rachel from the jail. and Rachel apparently informs him that she had spoken to his brother who told her about some backpack that Dan had given him to get rid of just prior to going to the police station. Hmm. And Dan begs her not to tell anybody about it, but she's like, this call's recorded, so sorry, but I'm calling. Yeah. Ah, and also, in. I'm not going to be an accessory to a murder. 
Beyonce. Dan, Dan Wozniak. I like that name for some reason. Um, okay. Immediately <laughs> after the reason, he's a murderer. <laughs> what? Immediately after the call, Dan's like, all right, I need to talk to the detective again. Like, bring him in. So the detective comes in and Dan just says, I'm crazy. I did it. I killed Julie and I killed Sam. Oh, he killed Sam too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So unless you know this story, you didn't know that that's where I was going to go. I'm sure you were probably like, well, anyway. Okay. So quick, short background on Dan. Dan Wozniak and Rachel Buffett met at the community theater years ago because both were actors, actress doing community theater. They reconnected after a bit, fell in love. They get engaged, move in together. That's when they moved into the same complex as Sam. They always had some sort of money issues. Rachel had had part-time jobs here and there, but Dan had never really worked anything steady to like Mm -hmm. name. So they're still struggling and they're about to get evicted from their apartment and about to have a wedding and a honeymoon that are coming Mm. up. So that's when Dan got desperate. And he had learned from Sam that he had $62,000 in the bank that was combat pay from being in Afghanistan. Oh, no. This is okay. So Dan decided to take a chance on getting to that money. Dan asked Sam for help with moving some things from the attic in the local theater. So that's when he had texted Julie, I'm going to help a friend this afternoon. He was going to help Dan move some stuff at the local theater. Okay. So when Sam was bending over to pick up a box, Dan picked up a gun he had hidden and shot Sam. Sam did not die with the first shot and actually Mm. asked Dan for help. He said he was, I mean, these are Dan's words, clearly. We don't know exactly what Sam said, but he said that he said he was hit with something that felt like an electric shock and to please help him. So it's like he didn't even know he was Mm -hmm. shot by his friend yet. So Dan reloaded and shot him a second time, killing him. He then proceeded to dismember Sam and dispose of his body parts at El Dorado Park, which was the park nearby. He left his torso in the attic of the theater, though. I'm not entirely sure why he did that or when he planned on getting rid of it, but the torso was still there. This is horrific. It is. I'm surprised you don't know this. I mean, I feel like when you said community theater, Mm -hmm. it kind Uh, of triggered me a little bit, but... Mm-hmm. Not until then, though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Dan then went and performed in the play that he was in at the time. And then texts Julie from Sam's phone telling her he needed her and to please come over that night. Why? Why are we even targeting Julie? Do you know why? Oh, we're getting there. So when she arrives at the apartment, Dan was there and had said like, oh, I got texts from from Sam too, like asked this bill to come over. Sam wasn't there though. And he's like, well, I got a key to his apartment. So let's just go in and wait for him. So Dan and Julie go in and Dan's like, Hey, I got something to show you that Sam showed me earlier today. It's in his bedroom. So she goes in, was like bent over looking at something over the bed. And that's when Dan shoots her twice, killing her, then props her face down on the bed and pulls her pants off to stage a sexual assault. Oh, okay. So he literally killed her so that he could blame Sam and then Mm -hmm. make it look like Sam took off. Yep. 
she literally had nothing to do with this. Like there was, oh, she was Whoa. just a cover up. Yeah. That's Awful. bad. Mm-hmm. So Dan killed an army vet for combat pay and then killed his good friend, covered up. And then he made it look like Sam had fled after attacking and killing his friend. Things that came out after this confession. Okay. Dan's search history prior to the killings included how to hide a body, quick ways to kill people, making sure a body is not found, how far away to hear a gunshot, and fake thumbprint. I don't really know where he went with that, but maybe he was oh, trying to figure maybe out. maybe to put Sam's de- like thumbprint around the body or yeah, something. I mm. guess. I don't know. Dan's brother, Tim, had said that he threw that backpack that Dan had gave him over the fence by his parents' house somewhere. And so the police were able to go and recover it because nobody had, like, seen it. It was just, like, behind the fence. Mm -hmm. And inside that was Sam's bloody clothes, his wallet, and cell phone that he had used Mm. to text Julie. Police also questioned Rachel about what she knew, and she insists that she didn't know anything about the murder until Dan had told her. And she had nothing to do with it. And they Mm -hmm. decided to perform three separate voice stress tests on her. Mm -hmm. And they all came back saying that she was being deceptive. But she insisted that she wasn't being deceptive. Mm -hmm. She was just nervous or whatever. Well, she was stressed quite literally. I would imagine this would not be a great day for a wedding day. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, she's like thinking she's getting married and then her fiance is going to prison for murder of two people. Wow. Okay, so Dan goes on trial in 2015, and on December 16th of 2015, he was found guilty of two counts of first-degree murder, and in September of 2016, he was sentenced to death. Okay, wow. Wait, this is California. In uh-huh. 2019, the okay. governor of California signed an executive order that placed an indefinite moratorium on capital punishment, and more than 700 inmates that were on death row are now not facing the death penalty because it's an indefinite moratorium. Right. Which is really strange because technically it's still on the books, just no one is currently being put to death. And I don't understand why they don't just take it. Like, if this is an indefinite moratorium, like, why can't they mm-hmm. just take that off of California law, I guess? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that it takes like, to do that. Interesting. But anyway. Okay. So another witness comes forward at some point, which puts Rachel's role in this crime into question. Oh, no. A the friend of- to be. Yeah. A friend of theirs named Chris, who had been, like- they had helped or like a group of friends had helped him big time at some point. He decided to help Rachel and Dan as a way of like paying back. Like, Oh, you all helped me at some point. I'm going to help you. So he loaned them some money and he had gone over to their house to ensure that he would be paid back at some point. Like, I don't know if he was going to get them to sign something or I don't know what Uh his intentions were, but he went over there to be like, you do need to pay me back. Like I gave you this money, but I really need it back. Uh He said that day that he went there, Rachel, Dan, and Sam were all in the apartment together. Okay. He he said Dan and Sam at some point leave. They're like, we'll be right back. And they're gone for actually longer than he thought it would be when you say, we'll be right back. You think you're just running real quick to like another apartment, like to get something coming back. But he said he was gone for a while. And when he came back, Dan was alone 
and he had said that Sam had gone with some other man with a hat or something like that. All right. Yeah. Okay, it was like so they think that's when thing. the murder took place. Right. Because, mm. oh, well, also Chris says that Dan seemed really emotional and panicked when he came back and all of a sudden had $400 to give to him. So he was just like, oh. okay. Later, he realized, like, I think after all this had come out in the papers and stuff, he was like, oh my gosh, that was the same day that Dan, that Sam was murdered. Like he realized mm. that all was that day. So he was putting it together. So police were like, well, why did Rachel not mention this like gathering when she Mm -hmm. was questioned? And so they go back and ask her and she's like, well, I was afraid of who Chris knew and didn't want him to get upset with her for mentioning it to the police. So she was afraid like Chris was connected to people and with, I don't know why she was afraid of Chris. Like... It doesn't okay. make sense to me. Like, she has a reason why she's afraid, but it doesn't make sense to me. Because me, I'm like, you were afraid that you were giving them another witness. Uh, Sam was with you guys right before he got killed. Right. And that you would have known about it. So, Well, anyway. I think maybe she's afraid it would implicate herself. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was meaning to say when I said that. Okay. Oh, it just didn't come out right, I guess. Okay. So there's also a rumor out there. It was mentioned once in one article, and honestly, I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like it came from that podcast that I mentioned earlier, and there's been, like, places where I've read that the podcast kind of goes in directions that are of their opinion, Mm -hmm. which is also why I didn't listen to it, because I was like, well, I don't know how much, like, I know that they had facts in it, that they Mm -hmm. were telling facts, but I think they think Rachel had more to do with it than she's saying and so they were trying to prove that on that podcast Mm, i see and so anyway so this i believe came from the podcast so i don't know how valid it is but it was mentioned other place i'm just going to throw it out there anyway it stated that one night while she was drunk rachel mistook her ex-boyfriend for dan and said to him i told you to burn that body i don't know why that would have come up Seems really strange, but anyway, it hmm. did get it did get um, discovered that the building behind the theater where he shot Sam was mm-hmm. an old military hospital that had a morgue and an incinerator in it. Oh, so they're thinking like maybe she did say something like that because if she knew about it, she was like, just take him to the building next door and just burn it. So you don't find that's it. That's a bit of a stretch. It is, which is why I'm like not putting too much like on it, but I was like, well, it is kind of fascinating. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting theory, but it seems a bit of a stretch to me. So. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I do believe there, that was the other reason. I do believe that it may have had a role of what happened next. Okay. That one thing. Anyway, so Rachel Buffett was charged with accessory to murder after the fact. Mm-hmm. in November of 2018 for mm-hmm. lying to investigators to help protect Dan. Yeah. She was sentenced to 32 months in jail. Okay. I think that's I fair. Be- it is. I'm not really sure if I have a theory on if she had more involvement than she did. She knew about it prior to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She insists right. she didn't, but I don't know. I'm a little like, I'm on the fence about it. Okay. 
Okay, so both Julie and Sam's families were satisfied with the verdict and the sentencing of Dan, although they were really disappointed when the sentencing was not carried out, and it doesn't Mm -hmm. look like it will be carried out. And Sam's dad has been, well, it was on, I think it was a Dateline? I can't remember. Dateline? I think it was a Dateline that I watched, and he was like, the only thing that I'm upset about is that I couldn't just kill him myself. Like, they wouldn't just let me do it. Hmm. Question while we're on mm-hmm. that. So, and I should know the answer to this, and I probably do. Um, when that happened and they converted all the sentence, the death sentences, did they resentence them or were all of them just like no, they're still on death row because de- death sentence is still on the books? Like, you can still <laughs> technically get a death sentence, they're just not just can't it. be put to death. I understand. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. So it's real. That's why I'm saying it's a really confusing situation. I'm like, then just take it off. If you don't intend to put anybody to death, then let's just take it off the books and yeah, right. like convert them all. But like, cause all of them are still on death row, but they're not actually facing the act of being put to death. Right. They know they'll never be executed. Yeah. It. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. And I, and I guess maybe like they don't have to convert it. Cause they're just like, well, they're just going to spend their life in jail, which is what they would have done until they died. Well, but anyway. It's expensive but- to have people on death row because they're all in individual cells and like mm. the security is very different. And so that's why people have a problem. Well, it's not the only reason, but that's part of the reason why people don't like the death penalty is because death row costs a lot of money to mm. maintain and they just sit there and sit there and sit there. So right. Yes, there would be a benefit to it. I think. Yeah, that's true. Sure. Well, that's the story of Sam Hare and Julie Kibuishi. Well, that's terrible. That is so terrible. They were innocent people. I know just for money. That was it. Money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that that's the money and a cover. Well, yeah. Julie That's was even like, worse. I know. It hit her mom listening to her, like, because they gave victim impact statements and Dateline had, like, a, you know, they let, you know, air, like, a sentence of it. And her mom was, like, basically, like, she, you're a monster. Like, you killed her for no reason. I mean, except to cover up your crime. And then you, like, you demoralized her by, like, pulling her pants down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... She I was, was very so going to say that, but then I didn't want to bring it up again yet. That is awful. And he deserves where he is. Bye-bye. Yeah. She also mentioned something about and what you wrote on her too, but I couldn't find like anything but one random thing. And it was like on the back of her sweater or something. And it was like, I, I can't even remember what it was. It it, it included, I'm trying to look for it because I did write it down in my notes, but I didn't um, add it in. I don't remember. It was something like ridiculous. Hmm. That I, so I don't know. I think he even wrote something on her because she mentioned, oh, all yours, all yours. And then it was like X'd out. Mm-hmm. You. So I, I don't know. But so mom mentioned it in her victim, in, but I could not find like anywhere that actually like, except for one spot that said that all yours, blank, 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 you. <laughs> also, I just was looking it up to see if I could find what was written and I didn't, but I do see that Rachel went on the Dr. Phil show. Yeah. I did not watch it. Cause I was like, I can't even stomach it. Yeah. I can't. Dr. Phil just cracks me up though. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a terrible case. I don't like it at all. Um, can I ask you what the podcast is you listened to, the one you actually did? Because I think maybe it was the same one as I only because we kind of listened to similar ones. Um I can't think of the one that I listened okay, to. Okay, that's so. okay. That's okay. I'll I'll figure it out. Um just interesting. So that sucked. And yeah. Destiny, thank you. You have sent in some doozies. So she sent in the Larry McNabney one, which yes. was also the wine one where he was like in the wine fridge oh, and in yeah, the yeah, vineyard yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that case was a doozy. That was last week. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was. Oh, well, you know who did it? Um, Crime Junkie did oh. it. Well, I, did, I don't listen to them. I don't know if I listened to – because I used to. My favorite murders done it, I think. Oh. Um, there's a lot of them actually out there okay. on it, but only one that um is a series. Okay. Which I Got thought it. I listened to, but I didn't. So Got it. Okay. Um, so I guess if you want more information, you guys can go look it up. Um mm-hmm. thank you for covering that case. That's very sad. It's very scary and tragic and senseless and all the things. They all are always. And happy birthday, Julie. I know. Gosh, what what year is it? She was born in 87, so she'd been um 20. No. Close. Hang on, I'll math it for you. She's 37. 37, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That sucks. All right. Well, rest in peace. Happy birthday, Julie. Rest in peace, Sam. Happy Valentine's Day to you guys. If you celebrate it, we don't. Um, <laughs> clearly, we do murder. I mean, neither. You don't, right? I No. Mm-mm. I feel like one year or a couple years, we did Galentine's, which was fun. That's probably yeah. when you lived here. Yes. I do remember that. And I will do yeah. that every now and then. But I'm like, every and I show each other we love each other every freaking day of the year. So I don't need to have, like, go buy a Hallmark card. No. So- celebrate your anniversary. It's, yeah. like, meaning more meaningful. Yeah. Or, like, your first date if you want a mm-hmm. more than one day to celebrate. Something like that. So, But if you do celebrate it, it is a day of love. And we love you guys. So happy mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. We appreciate you. And very interesting that this case fell right during this week and you had no mm-hmm. idea. Nope. <laughs> yeah. But I love that for, for Julie that we were able to wish her a happy birthday. So thank you for covering that. Thank you for listening. We will see you back next Monday for another case of other tragic and senseless things. And come find us on social media and let us know what you guys think and what your theories are. Um, What do you think about Rachel's involvement? Have you listened to the pods? Did you watch Dr. Phil? Let us know. Um, Yeah, just know we care about you and we hope you stay safe. And always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.